Hello and welcome to episode six of Into the Prey, Breaching the Chaos of the Church with Nick and Mary Franks. This is season two and we're now on to episode six, as I say, but a slightly unusual episode this week because it's a bit of a departure from my our original plan, which was to get all of the episodes of teaching after this four-way conversation with Seamus and Sarah, dear friends of ours. Really looking forward to doing that and we'll probably record that Maybe even release that as an extra bonus uh, episode, not too sure yet. But anyway, this week something came to my attention that was very serious indeed. I can't give the detail of um, what was brought to my attention, but it was certainly enough to bring into very sharp focus something that had been in my mind for a number of months that I'd felt, talking of the gift of prophecy and eagerly desiring that, had potentially been a prophetic word. And I think that's what I've brought today. I'm not a prolific vlogger when it comes to producing video content to camera directly, but occasionally I feel the need to address the camera in that way and perhaps we'll do more of that uh, in time to come. But suffice to say, this week's episode, Beware the Enchantment of Digital Media, Beware the Enchantment, that's really what I want this episode to be about. So I've taken the audio from the vlog that you can see on YouTube and put the link into the show notes if you'd rather watch me talking to camera then feel free but the podcast this week is simply the audio ripped from that so that's what you're about to hear in just a few minutes it's about 20 minutes so a little bit shorter than recent posts so that'll probably be welcome as well but it's a very very serious uh, situation it's a very serious um, topic this week so I pray that it will be a provocation and a challenge uh, and a comfort as well that's really what it was motivated by so Without any further ado, this is the enchantment. Beware the enchantment of digital media. Well, greetings, everybody. Just want to take a little bit of time today to open up a couple of passages of scripture that I think are really important to communicate something that's been on my heart with some force over the last couple of months but has really come in just in the last day or two has come into particularly sharp focus and hence wanting to just make the time today to do this quick vlog this quick talking head so bear with me a couple of passages of scripture that I want to go to so if you've got your bible that's going to be helpful either physically or on your phone um let me just pray quickly lord I just want to and ask for the quickening of your spirit now to communicate what's on my heart for the purposes that you mean. I pray for every single one who listens. I pray for every single one who um, is aware of this dynamic that I'm talking about now. And I pray that you would deliver your people from error. In the name of Jesus, we pray together now for your glory, Father. Amen. Right. Let's go to Acts 17. I want to go there first. I've entitled this vlog, Beware the Enchantment of Digital Media. If I was going to be more precise and try and come up with something a little bit shorter. Beware the Enchantment of Christian Digital Media. I've been concerned about the responsibility that quote-unquote digital influencers have in the body of Christ for some time mainly because I've been aware of the influence and pull on my own heart and the power, the latent power of digital media to move our hearts and minds, which is not always bad. 
And in one sense, in this short vlog, now I want to focus on something that isn't good. It's not not good. It is bad. It's a negative aspect of the digital world that we live in. Hopefully the positives will speak for themselves. But I'm, as a digital influencer myself, I'm very conscious of the impact that using the kind of things that we, I'm using right now, this camera, this tripod, I've got two lights here, I've got some microphones in the background, just the, techno the digital technology, the power and influence that these things combined and wielded in a good way hold over the human heart, over the human mind, over families, over household decisions, etc., etc., etc. Digital influence is not to be taken lightly. And for those of us, including myself in this, those of us who do influence in the digital sphere, who in a sense lead in that way, um, have more of a responsibility. Let me just read this, and then I'm going to look, loop back around with some thoughts. So at Act 17, verse 24, I'm going to read just a few verses to make one big point. So Acts 20... Acts 17, verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Verse 26 again, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. Listen to this having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. God knows your postcode. He knows your postcodes that you've lived in. He knows your postcode that you've been in, that you are in right now, regardless of how long that has been for. And he knows every single postcode that you will abide in. He knows every single village, town, city, whatever, every single precise Google icon, map, locator. He knows everything about it. He knows where you're going to be. He knows where you've been and he knows where you are now. And this thing of digital influence and the potential that the digital influence can have on our conviction that that, as I've just read and explained, is true. The influence that that holds, digital media, over our conviction that God really does know that is immense. And I'm concerned in recent days and as something that has been brewing in my spirit over the last few months, that you, myself, all of us individually as members within the body of Christ are potentially vulnerable to being negatively influenced by digital media to forget what I've just read. I saw on Instagram earlier today somebody commenting positively about a really cool photo and their response was to like it and to leave a comment in the Instagram photo saying, oh, I wish I was there. 
I, I wish I was so there. Now, of course, there's nothing potentially that, that, that could be completely fine and, you know, send your mate a postcard when you're on holiday. I wish you guys were here. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying, guys, is if we believe that because of bling media, films, photography, publications, content in the raft of various different expressions that it often lands in our worlds, if we are not aware of the potential that that holds to move our hearts and minds in a way that means that we don't believe this as absolutely as we should, then there is potential disaster just around the corner. Whether you're a single person, whether you're married, whether you're married with children or not, if we don't believe that God knows exactly where we're living, where we've lived and where we will live, and that his timing is perfect, then there is potential catastrophe just around the corner. Why? Well, it's an old adage, isn't it? The grass is always greener. This whole thing of even in your minds beginning to imagine what a life might look like in a different place or with a different set of people or doing a slightly different thing, it becomes this potential rotten root system of thinking that means that we essentially say that we're not trusting that God knows forensically what he's doing with our lives and that there's a question mark, however faintly penciled, over his leadership of our lives. And as I say, I've seen this in recent days, even earlier this morning when I saw that, and I, it was like a final penny-dropping moment for me. I knew I needed to, to speak out about this. Guys, you have to be very careful about how we allow digital media to move our heart's conviction of where we are. God, God is not cool with us just being kind of laissez-faire either. There, the chances are there will be times in our lives where he moves us and he redirects us and he repositions us. But that's not a, I would go as far, that's not a common place. That's not a, a common way that God, that he'll do that with us. It's not like it's an insignificant thing to move your life or to relocate to a different part of the country or indeed to another country. So the relationship between digital media and those who lead within this sphere of influence have a massive responsibility to not just be aware of that, I think it's important for digital influencers to be aware of that, but it's also aware for each and every one of us to be aware of the potential for digital media to influence our conviction about where we're living, where we're being fruitful. And critically, what does it say in this verse? Look what it says. Verse 26 explains that God does know exactly where we are. And then it says in verse 27 of Acts 17, that they should what? That they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. This is the thing. We shouldn't be wishing that we were somewhere else. We should be rejoicing in where we are because God is with us, because God has placed us in a exact, not just a random place, but an exact place. Look at the language here. Um, in verse 26, and he made from one man every nation, ha having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. So if you get a map, if you get some kind of like schematic of the land um, of where you're living, that the boundaries are not in random places. The boundaries are in exact places. And how much more so, therefore, for the Lord who knows exactly where we're living, where we need to be and with whom. I could say more now on about the whole thing of what happens if you find yourself in a place where you feel potentially isolated or you can't relate with the people where you are. Mary and I can relate with that very much. It's one of the reasons why we are um, exploring 
community online and the legitimacy of online community. Um, but it's vitally important that wherever it is that we are, that we have that conviction that, listen, God, if God wants you to move, if God wants you to be with a different set of people, if God wants there to be a season shift in your life, as long as your heart is faithful and Godward in that you are surrendered truly to his ways, that is not a difficult thing for God to do. That's not a difficult thing for God to orchestrate or to bring about in his timing. God knows exactly when to start moving on your heart in order for you to get to a place of making a directional move-based decision at exactly the right time. Please don't be influenced in a negative way by digital media or the or allow conversations to start developing in your head or almost like fantastical type thinking, fantasy-based thinking that means you start even imagining where you're living that's separate to where you are. I think God is not pleased with that. I think this is in a in the right sense, I think it's a word of warning for us all to be aware of that, myself, Mary and I together included. I want to say one other thing today, which is that acknowledging, I think we would all acknowledge that we all have responsibility to be aware of the, the potential influence of digital media, particularly those who are digital leaders, di digital influencers, I think we would all agree with that. But to make the point specifically that why is the influence of digital media particularly dangerous let me tell you why because it doesn't tell the full story it doesn't reveal the whole picture and so if you're only looking at certain bits of digital content without knowing what the root system of the culture the leadership the organization whatever what the actual roots are based in what the soil of that where that content is coming if you're not aware of that then you're essentially being hoodwinked you're essentially being deceived and so I want to say this today, that if you are in a place of digital influence and you are treating lightly in any way the absolute non-negotiable, indispensable importance of holiness and purity and righteousness, then you are in a very precarious position. And I say that with a sense of weight and sobriety. Let me just read this to you, OK, because I think this relates to what I'm wanting to share now. So I want you to just flip back over to Joshua chapter seven. And this is a little bit where some of the kind of cliched proverbial-esque language comes about buried sin or, or sin in the camp, that kind of thing. This is the account of the moment in the history of Israel where Achan and his whole family eventually were destroyed because despite being told by the Lord God Almighty to have nothing to do with the devoted things. So in other words, the, the plunder, the, the things that you would see and potentially be enchanted by, like digital media. Um, but they were told not to have anything to do with that. Do not put a finger on that. This is, this, is for, this is not for you to take for yourself. Despite that, as most of us will know, Achan saw something that he couldn't resist and took it and buried it. And of course, as unbelievable as that seems, to think that God wouldn't know about that. Of course, the Lord did see that. I'm going to pick up the this in Act 7. The Lord, in verse 10, the Lord said to Joshua, Get up! Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have trans... So the whole of Israel was viewed as being sinful. The whole of Israel was regarded as having been, having sinned because of this individual um, incident, this individual sin, and the consequences on the whole community, the whole in a sense, 
pre-Christ, body of Christ. So verse 11, uh, Israel has sinned, they have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. They were buried, buried sin, covered sin, sin that's not dealt with, sin that isn't um, brought into the open where God is in the light, that sin that is festering, sin that is not allowed to be dealt with as God means for it to be dealt with. And only God gets to decide how that happens. Verse 12 of, of Joshua 7, sorry, verse 12, yeah. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up, consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, there, there are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. And as hardcore as this is, and he who is taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire. This is verse 15. And all that he has because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel. There's a couple of things to say there. Lord, please just help my mind here. First thing would be to say that the consequence of Achan's sin was communal, was corporate. It meant that the whole of Israel was unable to stand against the enemies. Such is the impact of sin, regardless of whether you bury it or not. It doesn't matter. It's a, this is a heart issue. This is The sin is always a heart issue. And if digital media or digital influence ever conceals that, papers over the cracks, minimises, dilutes what is going on in the reality of things that only God sees, then it's not just an individual uh, consequence. It's a body-wide, it's a corporate consequence. This is how serious this is. If sin is in the camp, if sin is not being dealt with, if sin is being buried, it will affect all of us. This is the second thing I want to say. Verse 15, the consequence was for Achan was beyond belief that the whole of his family, himself, the whole of his family, his wife, his children were put to death. And it says in verse 15, the reason for that being that, that because he had transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel, it's very possible for us, the body of Christ, individually as a whole, to do outrageous things in the sight of God. Of course it is. Um, we hear about things regularly that to our minds that are aware of the principle of but by the grace of God go I. Of course we are we're aware of the potential for for outrageous things, but we are not in the covenant of old. So we're not facing the prospect of being burnt, of being murdered, of being executed. We're not, we're not facing that such as the infinite difference between the old covenant that God made with the Israelites and what we are benefactors of, recipients, blessed children of today. And so uh, just to sum it up, I want to say a couple of things. Beware of the potential of digital media, the influence that you will wield as a digital influencer, potentially, and the influence on your heart as somebody who imbibes, who absorbs, who listens to, who reads, who is moved, opened up to. This is what happens. 
when we're impressed with something or we're in agreement with something, we're, we're moved at a heart level. Beware that, guys. We have to be aware of that. And if you're wielding that as a, as a tool, as a weapon, digital influencer, then you need to be aware of the responsibility of that. And then I want to speak specifically to digital influencers. If you are burying sin, if you're covering it, if you're not dealing with it, you are you are in a place that is treacherous beyond my ability to communicate that you're not only putting yourself in at risk you're putting the wider body of christ at risk and ultimately it's the glory of the father's name that we should be most concerned about that we should be most sleepless about the divine pathos what does this all mean for the father what does this all mean for the name of jesus in the nations john piper says that missions exists because worship doesn't so ultimately, this whole thing of digital media and the influence that it can potentially negatively have, and then the whole thing of sin being covered, ultimately what we're talking about is the disastrous effect on mission. What we're talking about is the disastrous effect on worship. Because missions exists, and because worship doesn't. And if all of this is affecting people by getting people to make wrong decisions about where they're living, not being convinced that God really knows where they're supposed to be living, making decisions and commitments to relocate or move and it not being God that's doing that, that God is actually somewhere in the background actually going, guys, I know exactly where you should be. Have I really told you to move? With all of that going on in the midst, the question then becomes one of the, the glory of the Father and worship because it's affecting mission, it's affecting things like that. So I've said enough and I'm just going to pray. Father, I want to thank you for digital media i want to thank you for technology i want to thank you for eyes and ears to hear and see i want to thank you for mouths to communicate pray even now for people to have the fire in the bones for spirit-led preaching and teaching oh god how we need that but lord i pray today for spirit conviction to fall upon anybody who has been un duly influenced by digital media who has allowed the, the the bling the glitz of certain digital media or sources thereof to have moved their hearts away from the conviction that you know exactly where they're living and for what period of time and with whom i pray that you would bring right thinking reorder thinking correct thinking in a loving way that you do i love you jesus so much we love you so much and I pray, secondly, for anyone who is resisting your arrest, resisting your commands to be humble, to release, to stop, whatever it is, Lord. Whenever there is sin in the camp, wherever there is hidden, buried sin, Lord, I pray for exposure in the most gracious way that you have in your heart too, Lord, and I pray for the wider body, for delivering individuals, students, couples, young families, older, whatever, just deliver, Lord, from disaster. So we pray in the name of Jesus for the glory of your name, Father. Hallowed be your name. Pray your kingdom will come and your will be done. Deliver your people from evil. In the name of Jesus we pray, Jesus come. Maranatha, guys, bless you. Guys, thanks so much for tracking through the episode this week. It's slightly unusual to have had a departure from our normal schedule, but as I said earlier, we'll be resuming that 
in earnest and that will be a four-way conversation with our dear friends Seamus and Sarah Bannon talking about all things prophetic the effect of that on our relationships etc etc the content is going to be knockout guys real profound wisdom and rubber hit the road type testimony from guys who are serious about pursuing Jesus with all their might and with all their soul with all their strength for whom Maranatha has a real weight it's not just a word to use um, as a tag line or anything like that this is this is a couple who we love dearly because we have a kindred spirit with them so look forward to that next week guys be in touch let us know any questions reflections anything you'd like me or Mary to clarify you're going to be hearing much more of Mary's voice thankfully uh, in the episodes ahead you'll hear from Sarah Bannon as I mentioned Seamus's wife next week as well and we're going to be getting some other ladies on to make sure that we've got a nice balance of male and female we didn't do that very well in season one so look out for all of that guys and until next week we do pray in all earnestness come Lord Jesus have your way Maranatha